All praises to the Most High and the Most High only. I'm your host, Brownson Arabia G. I'm bringing to you another episode of The Narrow Path of the Righteous. The Most High put it on my spirit to speak on the topic of laziness. Conductive to inactivity or indolence. You know, the topic of laziness is important because it's going to help us understand the world much better and understand how we got to this positioning in the world how our inaction our indolence has led to a society dependent on complacency and on convenience a society that needs authority that needs control that needs dominion that needs governance that craves rulership laziness is a huge aspect to why we are in the position that we're in today and we know that cognitive dissonance plays a part we know that delusional psychosis plays a part we know that stockholm syndrome plays a part we understand that pride is what's driving a lot of people from admitting that they've been bamboozled, that they've been duped, that they've been deceived, that they've been manipulated. We know all of these things, right? But one aspect that we need to discuss is how lazy the majority of people truly are. And we're going to look at it through the lens of righteousness to examine laziness because laziness comes in all forms. You know, there's physical laziness, There's spiritual laziness. There's intellectual laziness. And we're going to cover all aspects of laziness so that we get a better understanding of why the vast majority of people are the way they are. And we know right off the bat that the indoctrination systems of education, financial, government, healthcare, religion, also known as the cube, which a lot of brothers call it, we know that those have all impacted who we are as men and women. You see, those those paths, those indoctrination systems, basically teach you to lose all confidence in yourself, to disregard your own common sense and discernment, to never search for wisdom knowledge and understanding because everything can be handed to you all the way down to your nightly news your daily news you see we've gotten so conditioned to be a society of lazy individuals that 
it's creeped crept into every facet of western culture and i'm i'm speaking from a perspective of an american i already know that most people throughout various countries would consider americans very arrogant very prideful very lazy i mean that goes without saying anyone who's been paying attention to how americans act throughout the history of the so-called independence of america you know how arrogant egotistical prideful and lazy the vast majority of people are and that's not to say everyone i'm saying the majority so we're going to speak on it from the perspective of someone who lives in the united states their whole life and this is not to say that laziness hasn't crept its way into other countries other continents because it has it's evident that western culture and western influence is basically spreading out across the world i mean you can look at any of these so-called modern countries or even third world countries i mean let's look at africa for instance think about all the countries in africa that have adopted a western philosophy to the people once hard working citizens even though they're poor they were hard working they did whatever they could to survive you know family was first a life was more important than a dollar but now look at what they've done how they've decimated so many of the countries in africa where now they are basically desiring to be western to the point where money is the god where life is replaceable and a lot of that has to do with the conditioning it has to do with the dumbing down of the masses because we got to be honest with ourselves you can't place all 100% blame on the people they we are the reason why this is happening because of our compliance but we aren't the ones that are spraying the skies full of chemicals we aren't the ones that have created genetically modified organisms in our food we aren't the ones putting fluoride and heavy metals and leads and poisons and chemicals and toxins into the water we aren't the ones that are destroying natural habitats and nature and misplacing animals and causing them to go so-called extinct we aren't the ones doing that but at the end of the day the reason why this all continues to get worse is because of our compliance because we are using our free will to support evil tyranny and wickedness this is why it continues and the masses are so into their creature comforts that they've become blobs just lazy piles of flesh for the vast majority of people too lazy to get up off the couch and get their body right too lazy to get up off the couch and go look into something you know they they don't believe that they even have the intelligence to look and research on their own like let's be real i, I guarantee a lot of people outside of just being lazy don't even have the confidence to even believe their own common sense discernment or intuition 
and that's what the system has done. And let's be real. If people are still following along and complying with this madness, even with all of the information out there at their fingertips, even with all the exposure, even with all the goalposts moving, carrot dangling, backpedaling that the world governments have done, if they still are caught up in the narrative, if they're still complying, there's no hope for them. Let's just be honest. These are some of the most prideful, idol-worshipping, lazy individuals that you'll ever meet. And a lot of people are like, might under, might be confused on why I'm speaking on laziness. But there's a lot of important aspects to why people never, ever grow in life. Why people continually depend on other people to tell them how to live. And a lot of it has to do with privilege, too. Let's, let's go from that angle as well. You know, many of you know my story. I grew up in a privileged city. You know, my parents had to go back to school, had to grind, had to work those doubles and triples to move me and my brother about a crime and poverty in order for us to have a better opportunity. And I thank them for it every day because my life could have gone way different. Be that as it may, you know, when you grow up around privileged folk, because as in terms of where I lived, we weren't rich by any means. We definitely, parents definitely took out a 15 to 30 year mortgage. And they might remember my dad working doubles, working triples, barely had time with my pops for a large portion of my childhood which I know created a strain between my mother and him. But growing up in these so-called privileged, you know, neighborhoods, I grew up around rich kids. It was, it was, it was eye-opening because my parents had exposed me to so much at this point before we even moved. I understood that I had family members who lived in the hard crime-ridden parts of Southside Chicago and throughout all of Chicago and over in Nigeria. So my parents never hid their, their past for me. They never hid the fact that they were poor and in poverty and that there was always death around and trauma and, and all, you know, and a plethora of things. So that really humbled me from a young age. And, and growing up around people who had privilege, who had parents who could afford to give them whatever they wanted whenever they wanted however they wanted and that privilege was apparent with a lot of people and looking back it's a it's a reason why a lot of people are so brainwashed into this system because a lot of people have never even had to deal with turmoil or trauma a lot of people will only see devastation on the news and that's it And then they have the opportunity to turn it off at their convenience. So a lot of people I knew and know never knew the reality of the world. So therefore, they go through the indoctrination systems again, education, financial, government, healthcare, religion. They become adults. And then that's that. 
They have their money. Mom and dad paid for college, paid for the cars, paid for everything. Most of them, some of them didn't even have jobs while going through school. So, of course, they're going to be the ones calling you and I conspiracy theorists, calling us crazy because they've never, ever had to deal with the government in a negative light. They've never had to deal with law enforcement in a negative light. They've never had any type of real trauma or turmoil in their life for the vast majority of them outside of maybe getting a minor or getting a DWI, which then they get a slap on the wrist. You know, everything's paid for by mom and dad. They got, they're covered, you know? Many people have never ever even had to deal with any real life situations. And so the arrogance, the egotist, the ego, the pride and the laziness shine through. You know, a lot of what people love to say for why the world is the way it is is because they'll be the ones that call other people lazy. They'll call the homeless lazy. You know, they'll call people who are addicted to drugs lazy. You know, whatever it may be. Not understanding how wicked this system is. How it keeps you in a continual loop once you are at the bottom. Because it's very, very difficult once you're at the bottom to climb up out of that bottom. You know, and oftentimes these people who are the homeless, who are in some type of turmoil, understand hard work the most. Think about some of the hard, most hardworking jobs that people make, you know, under minimum wage or at a little bit above minimum wage or at minimum wage. Some of these are the most physically demanding jobs when you actually think about it. So how is it that most of these people are lazy? Was it because they didn't have the same opportunities as the privileged or Really, what's the reasoning? Or are we lied to and given the wrong definition of what lazy is? Because the society will tell you you're lazy if you don't get up off your butt and provide for your family, right? So basically brainwashing you into believing that working in Babylon means that you're a hardworking person, working for somebody else, propping up somebody else's business, pushing someone else's dream to fruition, what makes you a hard worker, right? And if you don't live the nine to five, if you don't live the career life, if you don't strive to be an entrepreneur, then you're somehow lazy, right? As if, as if the Most High created you and I to work and be charged to live here on the earth. You see, that's how asinine the mindset of the majority of people are. That's how brainwashed the majority of people are. They, they look at their career or their job or their house and mortgage and or apartment and rent or car and car note as a status symbol to prove to you and I that they're not lazy. But then these are the same type of people who will tune into the television and listen to talking heads lie to them. Tell them what to do, why to do it, where to do it, who to do it with, and then these people run with it no extra work needs to be done no no looking into it for themselves it's just that and that's why we are in the position that we are in today for the most part and a lot of why the poor countries have to go along with it is because that's just what it is i live in america i don't live in these countries where the citizens aren't armed or the military can just throw you into prison 
you know, for any any old reason. You got to understand a lot of these countries have it way worse. But a lot of why we are in this position is the laziness, but also the idolatry, because idolatry also ultimately just makes you lazy. Especially in terms of, you know, the the indoctrination systems, you know, you, you go to school, you believe that you're on a round spinning earth, a globe just spinning around thousands of miles per hour but yet when you walk just 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 think about it just the basic idea of walking you don't feel anything move you're not spinning you you don't feel anything but you ran with it you listened to that you didn't look further into whether that was true and you have the audacity the arrogance the pride to call other people out for questioning that you see you were told that money is what makes the world go around and that's what makes happiness and gives happiness, right? So you ran with it. You didn't look anything into it. No matter how many raises, no matter how high you climb the ladder, it's never enough for the majority of you. You need more. You need more. You need more. More money. Oh, now you need crypto. So you need more crypto. You know, you are so conditioned to allowing somebody else to tell you what's going on in your body and what you need to do with your body rather than learning yourself rather than looking to healing yourself you know you you, you trusted that your vote would count that every four years your voice could be heard you know you never looked into it you just trusted that that what it was you know, as long as you got your red, I voted sticker. You did your job, right? You you weren't lazy. You you did what was recommended. You know, as long as you have a pastor telling you what to do, where to do it, who to do it with, why to do it. As long as you have a pastor digging in your pockets multiple times a week or month then that means that you got your ticket to heaven there's there's no more work that you need to do right you've you've made it you know you you were baptized you you dunked your head in the water right you stood up and passionately sang while the choir was jumping all around you see this is where the average person gets to in life there's no there's no continued growth. It's it's just like it's just like planting a seed but then never giving it exposure to light. You know, you may get a little vine that grows or a flower that tries to pollinate but it's never going to reach its peak. It's already stunted. And that's how the masses are treated. They're stunted. You have to depend on outside systems for you in every aspect of your life. And you don't realize how lazy that is. Rather than living by the naturality of the earth and sharing the resources, sharing the land. The only work we ever would have had, people, was to make sure we fed ourselves. That we planted our food. That we harvested it. That we forged. That we built our own homes. Our our own ways of transportation 
that we learned about the human body so we knew how to heal it. That we learned about the importance of fitness and physical exertion. That we learned about the Most High and how to align and connect with the Most High. Not through some man, a middleman. You see, think about how many middlemen you have in religion. You see, you have your pastor, your preacher, your priest, your, your deacon, your cardinal, your pope. And then they tell you, you need to worship Jesus or Yeshua or Yahweh or Yahweh or Buddha or Allah. And then on top of that, then you need to go through them to get to God, right? Think about that. You already have multiple layers before you can even get to the creator. You think you're, you think you're in tune with the creator? But we're too lazy to realize that what the creator wants from us is already inside of us. We already know common sense. We already should already have discernment. And, you know, the topic of laziness really bugs me, man. And we're going to get into a lot of why it bugs me and why I look at people in my life much differently. Let's take a look at the defi- a few definitions of laziness. Not willing to work or be energetic. Slow moving, sluggish, conduct conducive to inactivity or indolence. Synonyms include lazy, indolent, and slothful. We'd be lying to ourselves if we didn't feel some sort of resentment as those who create content. Especially when it's not even so much resentment. It's just I look at people differently. Especially people who've been in my life, who've had a front row seat to me sharing truth. Whether it was 10 years ago, five years ago, a few years ago, or just recently when I started putting up podcasts last summer. If you've had a front row seat to truth and you haven't even picked up your your finger to do any research to follow up or to look into the things I told you, you are 100% lazy. And that's 100% shameful. You should be ashamed of yourself. Honestly, it's on you to have somebody in your life that actually cares about you. And I'm not bigging myself up. If it wasn't for other brothers and sisters in the truth, I wouldn't be in this position. But the difference is I wasn't lazy. I actually was like, hmm, let me take a look into that. You know, thank you that you shared that with me. Let me look into that. See, that's the only difference between me and the majority of people. Really, it's just it's just the action of doing something extra and prioritizing your time. According to the psychologytoday.com article entitled The Psychology of Laziness, written by Neil Burton and published on October 25th, 2014. A person is being lazy if he is able to carry out some activity that he ought to carry out, but is disinclined to do so because of the effort involved. Instead, he carries out the activity activity perfunctory or engages in some other less strenuous or less boring activity or remains idle. In short, He is being lazy if his 
motivation to spare himself effort trumps his motivation to do the right or expected thing. And let's think about that paragraph for a second. A lot of people deep down have known that even before the pandemic, for instance, they've known that the government is evil, that it's tyrannical and it's wicked. I mean, just looking at your taxes every year should tell you that. Looking at every single pay stub should tell you that. All this money that you're you're dishing out, but what benefits do you see? And a lot of you are going to be, oh, the roads, the roads, the roads. Like, that's all anybody could ever say is, oh, they build us roads. They give us playgrounds. So basically just controlled environments, huh? Because <laughs> all a road is, is where you can travel. You can't travel everywhere you want. So think about that. And secondly, half the roads that I see are just ridd- riddled with potholes. You, you, I went to school in Duluth, Minnesota. I've lived in the cities in Minneapolis. I've lived in suburbs. I've lived in all types of areas in the Twin Cities. From Duluth to Woodbury to St. Paul to Plymouth to Chaska to Brooklyn Park to Minneapolis. Many. And I, I know with my own two eyes that that money ain't going anywhere to help no one. Especially when I see homeless people all over the place. You know, if they really were using our taxes correctly, there should be no hunger. There should be no homelessness whatsoever. There should be community gardens. I'm talking about acres-long community gardens to feed the homeless, to offset other people who may need extra help. But no. Of course we're not going to get that. Of course people are not going to look into the government, even though deep down they know that it's evil. That right there should tell you something about a person. The article continues with, Synonyms for laziness are indolence and sloth. Indolence derives from the Latin indolitia, without pain or without taking trouble. So yeah, it's too, a lot of people are too scared because the realities of this world are painful. Sloth has more moral and spiritual overtones than laziness or indolence. In the Christian tradition, sloth is one of the seven deadly sins because it undermines society and God's plan and because it invites sin. And you got to understand that they use that Bible to tell you the scripts. They run scripts off of it and tell you what's next. But you best believe is that they are giving you gems by telling you, hey, slothfulness is a sin it's deadly sin lack of knowledge is a part of being lazy it's just the effort that took to go into it you do you think the most high just had a baby being born and was like okay this one's going to be intelligent this one's going to be dumb this one's going to be intelligent this one's going to be dumb no it's it's the lack of effort on the part of that individual once they become an adult and a lot of course you know their upbringing has a lot to do with it we're not going to rule that out but let's just let's just use this as an example the author continues with procrastination laziness should not be confounded with procrastination or idleness to procrastinate is to propose postpone a task in favor of other tasks which though perceived as easier or more pleasurable are typically less important or urgent
to postpone a task for constructive or strategic purposes does not amount to procrastination. For it to amount to procrastination, the postponement has to represent poor and ineffective planning and result in a higher overall cost to the procrastinator. Idleness. To be idle is not to be doing anything. This could be because you are lazy, but it could also be because you do not have anything to do or are temporarily unable to do. Or perhaps you have already done it and are resting or recuperating. And I want to talk to you about idleness. This is a message to the people who know that this is a scam pandemic, but who've remained quiet, who've complied just to get to get along with the crowd. Your idleness is why we're in this position. Your lack of speaking up, whether through fear, through intimidation or retaliation or just straight your ego because you don't want to lose friends or lose, you know, lose my support. Yeah, my message to you is you are why you are a huge reason, not just the people believing in the narrative, but your idleness has helped push forward more evil, more tyranny and wickedness. And people really think that they can just squirm their way out of this. They really think that they can comply their way out of this. Yeah, people are people are really, really got to open their eyes. There's never going to be any ending to this. And to remain idle, to procrastinate, to be lazy, will ultimately catch up to those who partake in those things, who aren't taking this serious, who aren't looking into things, who are still doubting those warning them, all in order to support evil, tyranny, and wickedness that already is aiming its blade to cut you down. The article continues with psychological theories of laziness. In most cases, it is deemed painful to expend effort on long-term goals that do not provide immediate gratification. For a person to embark on a project, he has to value the return on his labor more than his loss of comfort. Think about those keywords. There's two that stick out to me. Immediate gratification and loss of comfort. What did we say about convenience? What have we said about technology? You know, technology has done such a great part in dumbing down and entrapping the masses. And it's added to our overall laziness in in countless ways, countless ways, to the point where we don't even remember our loved ones phone numbers we don't even have it memorized we have it typed into basically a computer a handheld device think how long it's taken for them to get us acquiesced to this technology which has made us lazier 
the author continues with the problem is that he is disinclined to trust in a return that is both distant and uncertain and think about that just people even looking into the truth they're they're gonna look at it like okay well what grad what am i getting out of learning all of this about my government or about the world they're they're thinking in on a very lowly level then instead of looking at the big picture instead of realizing that once they actually understand what this entity is what it's about then they can actually plan better and make better decisions so for me that's already immediate gratification and a lot of these people realistically it's cowardice too because a lot of people are just too fearful to to have it confirmed you know i mean think about all the people who get upset at you because you show them some truth it's like they get mad at you for it's like it's like as if you're spoiling the end of a movie for them or the end of a tv show or a good book it's like people get mad it's like they it's like they almost want to go through the pain but a lot of people will look at their inaction as a way to continue to remain comfortable but does anybody who's been complying comfortable in babylon does babylon look comfortable right now so what did you get out of just being inactive and being fearful of the truth what did you get out of it other than than two shots or three shots or a booster what did you what did you get out of hiding from the truth what did you get out of calling people conspiracy theorists and crazy what did you get out of it? Other factors that can lead to laziness are fear and hopelessness. Other people are lazy because they see their situation as beginning being so hopeless that they cannot even begin to think through it let alone address it because these people do not have the ability to think through and address their situation it could be argued that they are not truly lazy and to some extent the same could be said of all lazy people and i mean that's absolutely spot on you know it's a combination of a lot of things that's why i wanted to speak on it because the different aspects of laziness, you know, spiritual laziness, physical laziness, and intellectual laziness are all something that the vast majority of people suffer from. In my opinion, you know, physical laziness is just not taking care of your body. You know, that should have been like the number one thing taught to kids was being active five days a week, sweating a minimum three to five days a week and eating balanced foods. Teaching our youth about being calorically deficient. Learning your body, learning what makes you gain weight. What is an empty calorie, so to speak? What is actual real food? What is genetically modified and what is what does it do to you? All of these things are physical laziness. Even from the adult perspective, most adults, it's like they'll, they'll put up a thousand excuses as to why they don't want to go to the gym or why they don't want to work out. And it's like, 
just putting forth that effort literally can save and transform your life. And look at the intellectual laziness. Most people just want to remain at the same mindset. You know, you, you go to school, you go to college, you further your education, and then that's it. That's, that's it for most people. That, that's it. I'm not kidding you. Most people, are, that's, that's their life. Seriously. And the person will think that they're intelligent because they're keeping up with what the government's telling them to do. Oh, they're investing in properties. They're investing in stocks. They're, they're buying cryptocurrency. You know, they're, they're, they understand what Warren Buffett said, you know, in the latest Forbes article. You know, they, they've been following Elon Musk. You know, they have a Tesla, you know, in their garage. You know, they have stock with Jeff Bezos. All of these things, people think that that actually makes them intelligent because they're keeping up on what the, the mainstream media is feeding them, not realizing how lazy it really actually is making them intellectually. That's why they fall for false flags. That's why they can believe that the stock market is actually being hurt by a, a boogeyman hoax virus. I literally have had family say that to me. I had a recent conversation with a family member. And they were talking, and they literally mentioned something that I told them months ago. They were talking about shortages. And I'm like, yeah, so you, I told, I could have, I told you this months ago. And they're like, yeah, you did say that. And, th- and this family member like laughed in my face at the time too. I told them that there's going to eventually be food shortages in a dark winter to, to stock up, to get non-perishables, to get water, to get candles. I told it to them months ago. And then they brought it up to me as if this was new news. And I, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm going to call you out. If you're a family member or a friend, I'm going to call you out to your face. Be like, yeah, I said that. Why, why, are, you, why are you bringing that up to me now? And that family member literally said, well, it's because of the COVID. I'm like, you think the stock market and all of the issues with getting items in stock is because of the st- is because of COVID? It's like, wow. And that's a family member who knows that I have a podcast, who, who's, who's received multiple links from me, who's heard me talk to them multiple times, but yet can't break through couldn't lift a finger to save themselves think about that 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 type of stuff really makes me annoyed man it really makes me annoyed because i can't imagine how that person's going to feel once they realize that i was telling the truth the whole time that i was giving them the truth i was trying to help them but they were too lazy to listen they were too prideful to listen they were too arrogant they were too stubborn whatever it may be they're too fearful that's just where we're at people And let's take a look at how the age of convenience and technology has made the masses lazy. I mean, you got to think about how children are. Kids are not even kids anymore. Kids with tablets. I've seen kids, young kids crying because a tablet was taken away from them. I remember back in the day, as long as I had the carpet with, you know, the different racing tracks and roads on it and I had a few hot wheels I could keep myself occupied for hours with my brother as long as we had some Legos we'd be occupied as long as we had a bicycle we can go bike around our neighborhood as long as we had a basketball hoop in our driveway we were being active you know as long as there's a park nearby we can go hang out at the playground 
and be active, be kids, be social. Look at these kids now, man. It's crazy, man. Especially the stories of men. Laziness, inconvenience, and technology are our downfall. Outside of idolatry, they're just tools to destroy us. According to the Riverside Eddie.co article, that CA article entitled Convenience is Making Us Lazy, written by Adeline Ho. Most Canadians aren't getting enough exercise. And technology such as online shopping and delivery services are only making us lazier. Many don't give a second thought about choosing to shop online rather than in a store. But where do we draw the limit? It's understandable if people decide to order items online because they aren't in a store. Or if the closet store, the closest store is too far away. But getting out of the house and shopping is good physical activity for those who aren't into sports and exercise. Groceries have now become popular deliver, delivery items. And with some demand, and with, with great demand by people, there is a place in the market for them as well. Delivery times depend on the amount you're willing to pay. Some companies such as Amazon Fresh boast delivery times of an hour for $7.99 per delivery and two-hour delivery at no extra charge with the $299 year Prime Fresh membership. For people with dis- disabilities, the elderly or those suffering from agoraphobia, online grocery shopping would be beneficial, as well as people with no time to spare on shopping. However, if there is are no physical, mental, or time limits stopping someone from going to the grocery store, why have them shipped for extra charges? It's because we are becoming lazy. Each day, we pay extra for convenience, a short drive instead of walking or biking, or a new computer because the last one was too slow. Convenience means anything that saves or simplifies work or adds to one's case or comfort. But sometimes people place too much value on convenience to realize the disadvantages lying beneath the surface. Modern society is promoting a sedentary lifestyle, and there's a fine line between convenience and laziness. This might not always be our fault when there are factors such as time and disability, but people should know that laziness leaves someone vulnerable to health complications. The simple act of moving helps us greatly by encouraging better circulation, but technology has greatly changed everything. Technology has enabled new levels of convenience everywhere, but how far do we go to pay that price. The internet and all the technology that surround us has made life so convenient that everyday tasks and errands can now be completed virtually, for better or worse.
essentially the cost of convenience is our health and our environment. Looking at the whole picture, it really is a high cost. It seems as though with every new piece of technology that gets released, we get lazier because life got easier. Life is supposed to be a challenge, but it's a rewarding one. You know, and I, I completely agree with this author on, on many of the points. You know, that's exactly how our society, that's how our society is. I mean, think about all of the technology that's come out to so-called make your life more convenient. You know, all the way down to the basically having a robot cleaning your house, vacuuming your carpet. You can't vacuum your carpet. So you, you got to have a robot. That, that's, that's where we're at, people. You know, and I mean, what can you do? What can you really do about someone? If someone wants to be in that mindset, if someone does not want to put effort in, there's nothing that you can do to stop them. There's nothing that you can do to help them. You know, and we're going to take a deeper look into the mindset of why most people will never seek the truth and how the truth is for those who actually put the action into it and you don't just stop at a certain level of truth you realize once you start unraveling the onion of life that there's a lot that we don't know and it's going to be a lifetime of learning that's what makes life so beautiful is that the most high puts so much into this world that we don't know and understand that once we begin doing it, it it's like your life changes and we are we are meant to be here to constantly learn and evolve and grow and adapt change is a good thing but we've likened to creature comforts that's why we're in the position that we are in today that's why people will comply rather than speaking out and we're going to transition over to the audio excerpt from the brother the rebellious meat puppet and the video is entitled the truth is not for all men but only for those who seek it published on December 2nd, 2021. I've been doing a lot of thinking lately, which is nothing unusual for me. My mind is just constantly in motion, analyzing, thinking, figuring, assessing, trying to figure out, wondering, imagining, et cetera, et cetera. So something that has really been coming at me very intensely, this this thought. It's like a, a billboard in my head with flashing neon lights. It's the quote that Anne Rind is noted as saying, the truth is not for all men. The truth is only for those who seek it. And when you step away from that and you think about what she's saying, and I would argue that most men don't, it becomes abundantly clear that if you do not seek the truth for yourself, of your own efforts, your own research, your own all of it. You are going to be left with nothing more than information that was packaged or framed as truth and handed to you by other people who either claimed to know or wanted to control you over the long term. I would argue that a truth that you hold in your mind and believe, and look at the word lie nestled right there in the middle of believe, 
If you haven't found and discovered that truth for yourself, you are functioning under a belief system that has essentially been handed to you and perhaps crafted for you by someone else for any number of reasons. And sometimes it could be just simply the blind leading the blind, the ignorant indoctrinating their people, their offspring, their tribe with ignorance, the blind leading the blind, so to speak. The truth is not for all men. The truth is only for those who seek it. And I would suggest to you that for those who seek it diligently and vigorously and with tenacity, because in this world, the truth has been veiled. It has been hidden from you. And when I say truth, I mean all of it, all of it. It almost fits to say everything you think you know is a lie, is based off lies, is based off of something that is illusory, not rooted in reality, and has been crafted and molded to do exactly that for your perception, craft and mold your perception. And when I can influence and control or control directly or indirectly your mind, thereby your perception, your behaviors, your thought processes, and your ass will eventually follow. We are not taught in this world, and damn sure not in Western societies, to critically think, to think for ourselves, to question everything up to and absolutely including the very beliefs under which most of us function. I did a video a couple of years back titled, where did you get what you think you know? And this was the beginning of me beginning to realize that everything we've been told is a lie. And see, that's a lot for people to accept, let alone, well, it's a lot for people to wrap their mind around in its entirety, let alone accept. And strangely enough, and I don't mean to say this from a place of arrogance or I'm so great because I am going through the struggles of figuring it all out myself, but the gravity of what you don't know is grotesque. The gravity of what I don't know, even in the state of knowing that I currently am, is grotesque. We have, as a population and largely as a species, been guided to a level of ignorance that is so utterly grotesque for a race of sentient, intelligent, conscious, and aware beings to be under. This ignorance is the very Achilles heel for the human species. To the victor goes the pen that writes the history and goes the hand that creates or removes the monuments. Most of what we think we know about our history is bullshit. It's been fabricated or removed so that the masses could not have the knowing of the reality of who and what we are and why we are. Most of us have no concept other than the bullshit that we're told as to why humans have endured and experienced suffering for the known whole of human history, slavery. We've become warlike and all the things that we are and all the things that we do to each other. It's obscene. One of the things we don't see in nature is it doing the individual species doing that to their own. We see individual species doing that to other individual species, whereas we do it to ourselves, to our own kind. Do you think you know the truth? Is God your truth? Is Jesus your truth? Is being on your knees in worship to something you've never seen, that has never made itself known to you or revealed itself to you, to a myth, to a story, to a fabrication that has been handed to you? Do you believe that you know the truth of who we are, what we are, why we are? When you look at the whole of most human lives, 
at least in Western societies, do you truly think this is what we were created to be? You know, I could argue both ways on that because we are all slaves. And I actually find a large body of evidence that points to the fact that we very well may have been created to be slaves. And then once those that created us to be slaves were done with us, man had that knowledge of how to continue to keep us enslaved via physical chains or mental slavery and mental bondage to maintain, to maintain, maintain control. The influence upon humanity by non-human entities has been so prolific throughout history that most people don't know. And for someone like me to say that makes most people, especially religious or dogmatically indoctrinated people, think that I'm a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, when in reality, these are people who believe in God and the devil and Satan and Jesus and all the demons, all the stuff, the other beings, the other entities. If the devil can mess with you, <laughs> there's another entity and it can mess with you in your life or it's demons and it's ants and it's workers, so to speak, as people believe, well, they can mess with you. Well, if that's okay in that context, why in the hell would it be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, so to speak, for me to say there are entities out there that are manipulating human beings, but they're not what we've been indoctrinated to believe. That religion story, that God story, that Jesus story that's existed through, what, 16 different cultures on, on, on planet Earth for the last 5,000 years, you can find it, three days, you know, the, the, the whole story in varying forms, but essentially the body of it remains the same, the core of it remains the same. Nobody seems to question this shit. Even people who claim to be awake, who claim to see, they claim to know what's going on, are going to be out there saying, but their faith in God, their faith in Jesus, their and it's like, oh my God, here they are screaming about how awake they are, but professing that it's their faith in God and their faith in Jesus, with their faith in some fucking savior entity, deity, that is all rooted in bullshit. It's like, wow, these people just still are incapable of seeing the depths and degree of their own indoctrination and still have not yet accepted the fact that the core of what they believe in, and a lot of people can't accept it and won't believe it because their mama and daddy told them. And their mama and daddy aren't bad people. Why would they lie? And all that other stuff that goes around why we're going to hang on to a belief that even if it's subconsciously, we're hanging on to it because we know it was my mama and my daddy that gave it to me. And why would they lie to me? You know, people get indoctrinated into that. Well, my mama told me, so my daddy told me, so they never look beyond this quote-unquote truth that their mom and dad told them. And they will take that truth to the grave and indoctrinate their offspring with it. More truth handed to you by somebody else that didn't go out and discover it of their own efforts, their own volition, of their own mind's effort to find and seek the truth no matter what the cost. No matter what the cost. The truth is not for all men. The truth is only for those who seek it. You know, another interesting little phrase that is very true. In times of universal deceit, the truth is hate speech. Now, if you look at the world we live in today, and let's just say I was to walk out into the middle of a public square and do nothing more than calmly, as let's just say using the tone of, the tone of voice and the energy that I'm using to put this, this uh, monologue together, and just began speaking the truth of who controls the country, the America, who controls the world, who controls the money, who controls the infrastructure, who controls the industry, who controls the politics, who controls the secret societies, who controls, who controls, who controls. People are not going to believe it. In today's world, you could stand there with the scepter of freaking truth and be telling people the absolute brutal truth about 
what's going on in the world today and who's behind it. And because of their own ignorance to their own indoctrination, their own ignorance to how the human mind and psyche works and the belief systems and paradigms are formed, because of their own ignorance to the fact that where they got the information that they have may very well be, um, well, inaccurate, they will never begin to question any of this stuff. And when someone is literally speaking the truth to them, because of the indoctrination, because of the brainwashing, because of the taboo, someone like myself, for instance, saying all those things out in a public square about who controls and runs everything would be considered a bigot, a racist, a hate monger, and all the things that are labels that would be attached to it. And it's because I would be speaking about the Jews. I would be speaking about the nature of who controls all the finances and the money in America, who controls all of the television and network television and uh, all cable television and all the newspapers and the media and all of the information that we get via that mechanism, who controls Hollywood, who controls the music industry, who controls the pornography industry, who controls and owns all of the things that pervert the human mind. They control the financial markets, they control the Federal Reserve, they control the U.S. Treasury. Hmm. They dictate and, and, and if you understand what money is, then and we understand here that we share perspectives of people. We don't always need to agree. But let me add to what the brother is saying. Yes, the Jews run and are in positions of so-called power and authority, but they're just a small piece of it. Every single nation, regardless of color, is in on your indoctrination is in on dumbing you down is in on making you lazy they all work together they just gave you and i race to keep us divided then you have a sense that it makes us all slaves and as you say that people are just so accepting like, oh yeah i know we're, we're all just like slaves to money <laughs> this is a major fucking thing and the awareness of it should fucking run down into the core of who you are because they have enslaved the whole of the population to the point where you have to pay to live on the planet that you were fucking born on. And when you hear me say that, how many people, how many people that hear my voice are going to be like, well, of course, well, of course, nothing's for, you have to pay to live on the planet that you were born on. Look at nature. Nothing else has to pay to live. Nothing else has a price to pay to live except death. And the fact that this has been so ubiquitous for all of humans for so fucking long, and most of humans for so fucking long, even those that are smart and intelligent would see it as the norm because it's all they've ever known. What the monetary system and money has done to the minds of man when you start looking at what it is we are willing to do to each other for pieces of paper. Fuck, look, look, look at the wars. Look at what men get off doing to other men. <laughs> it has caused perversions in the human mind to develop. It has paid us against each other. It has done so many horrible things to pervert the minds of humans since the Jews began to sell us on their prospect of money. And there's a great story of how it all worked. Oh, that gold was just too heavy to carry around. So we had to go store it somewhere and get those damn IOUs. And then all of a sudden, that merchant would take that IOU. Oh, oh yeah, there's a story they give us. There's a story they give us. But the intention behind what this money does to us. And then when you think of like in America, as one example, you got the financial markets on Wall Street. You got the Federal Reserve Bank. That when you think of the names that have been in control of it um, for a long time, they're all Jews. Uh, they're all Jews. Even if, and a lot of the Jews that are in control of things have been well, wised up to the fact that we're rising up. So a lot of them change their names. So there are people who are in these positions that have control that are doing things to absolutely fucking destroy humans. And, well, oh, it's, it's just, how do I say it? It's just so complex that it's hard to sometimes articulate concisely and clearly um, in a way that you can wrap your mind around. Most of the deceptions that the whole of humanity believes in are of Jewish origin. The credo, so to speak, of the Jews is to corrupt and pervert the goyim, to 
I mean, if any of you knew the truth, maybe some of you do, about the Talmud, about how far back the Jews believed that the filthy beast Graham should be used by them as slaves, the things that are written in the Talmud, which is one of their holy books that was written around the same time as the Torah, it, it's a Babylonian-era book. Anyway, you start looking at what Talmud says about non-Jews, and that's anybody, obviously, that's not a Jew. This, this, this belief has been passed down in their culture for, well, since then. There's a reason the Jews have been expelled from 109 countries since 250 BC, and it's not because they're God's chosen fucking people. People who believe that shit just have accepted some bullshit that's been handed to them. Fucking God's chosen people, so God's fucking uh, a bigot against other races. It, it just doesn't make any fucking sense to a critically thinking mind that has gotten out of the box and began to question everything you've ever been fucking told. In today's world, if you have not begun to question everything, everything about government, your belief in government, your belief in authority, your belief in a lot of the shit, if not most, no, all, all the shit that's been handed to you by other men, if you don't question it and find your own answers, if you don't find your own truth, you are being led the same way sheep would be led. And you have to ask yourself if you're a sheep or if you're not. Are you a critically thinking, conscious, aware being that desires to no longer be manipulated and have your mind washed and indoctrinated, conditioned and propagandized? At every chance they get within their system, they will bend your mind over and run, run something unpleasant up your ass. There's so much to say to crack open the mind of the sleeping masses. There's so many levels of awakening to go through this process. You can only take in so much, you can only accept so much, you get to a point of saturation, then you start processing it and accepting it or discarding it, and then more comes, and then you take that in, and it's just this process over time. You can't hand a bucket full of answers to somebody who's not asking the questions either. You know, you start handing answers to people who aren't asking the questions, it's going to be, as it says, like casting pearls amongst swine. Therefore, they will have no idea what you're telling them. They will have no idea the relevance of what you're saying and or whether or not there's even any truth in it. People have to begin to seek these answers and question shit for themselves. People have to begin to step into the aspect of their humanness. We are half human, half beast. We have, you know, mammalian beast, essentially. So the aspect of us that is human is the higher level function, functions of the mind and the brain, being the, you know, the frontal lobe, critical thinking, analysis, um, uh, logic, reason, deductive reasoning. You need to begin to step into that aspect of what you are. Because it is all something that you are capable of. You've just been drugged. Most, you know, you, the, the population at large drugged up, dumbed down and entertained with trivialities, indoctrinated beyond comprehension, and brainwashed. How long of a recovery process do you think there is from recovering from a fucking life of that? And most people go through that 12-year indoctrination process. Some go through the four more years of college and even beyond. The level of unfucking your mind from what these people have done to it. They've been in control for four or five hundred years that we know of with Zionism, for fuck's sake. And their money has broke the systems of this fucking world that control the whole of it. Nobody notices, nobody cares. Everybody's just oblivious. As long as they can get that new car and buy that bigger boat, buy a house, get their new toy, whatever the fuck it is. Oh, I can feed my family. Long enough to take care of mine. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, we've been so divided. Look at the people behind. What has been dividing the fuck out of us? All colors against, I mean, most colors against other colors and divisions of socioeconomic and all of these are political and all the various things that divide us. I don't care what you believe. There's truth in the, 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 what I'm about to tell you. In 1776, when this Revolutionary War thing said that what we're told, and the history seems to show, that it was only about 3% of the population that stood the fuck up against the Redcoats. 3% of the American population is not a whole lot, but it was enough to go against the standing fucking army. And while we ultimately did not win, we beat them militarily 
twice. They came back in 1812 and they couldn't be as militarily then. So what they did was they brought over their bankers, their European Zionist bankers to begin to control everything. How do people not know this? People don't care. People have been dumbed down, disinterested in what is real. Everything in this matrix that we live in is an illusion and no one even notices. And you're like, oh, what do you mean it's an illusion? I can see it. I can touch it. There are levels of understanding. There are levels of understanding. And when I tell you that everything in this thing is an illusion, it is not, how do I say it? It is not reality in the way that you believe it is. And it's so hard to explain that to people. They have to come to that understanding, that comprehension, I should say, that, that knowing through their own efforts. You will never believe it until you discover it for yourself. Think about what I just said. You will never truly know it until you discover it for yourself. And how much of what it is you think you know that makes up your, the entirety of your perception of this reality and you and what the world is, have you found yourself? Or how much of it has been handed to you by other people? Until you begin to question the sources of everything you've ever been told. And not up to and including what your parents told you. And not because it was your parents that told you. It's just that who told them? And who told them? And whoever vetted this shit? Whoever went through some Gnostic process of developing knowing through experience, through diligent seeking and studying, studying and not accepting some other man's dogmatic version of what things are, who you are and why you're here, why you are. No, man will tell you, get on your knees, you dirty sinner, and all the ridiculous shit that man will tell you so he can control you, feed his ego, feed his superiority complex, feed all these varying fucking things within the human mind and psyche that, I don't know, I don't know, are they perversions? Are they, I don't know what the hell they are, but they damn sure don't serve humans. I'm telling you, man, you need to really begin to question everything if you think you're an awakened human being. If you think just because you see what government's doing, or, and you, I'm going to tell you, for most of you, you only see pieces of it. Until you spend years in study of this shit, you will never know the fucking whole of it. You will never know the whole of it. You have to want to know. You have to want to know to be able to put in the time. In order to want to know, you have to and put in the time. You've got to sacrifice personal time. You've got to sacrifice recreation time. You've got to sacrifice leisure time and all this other fucking time that you would other, uh, otherwise spend entertaining yourself in some meaningless and or trivial way for the most part, for most people. How many people actually want to know? You know, I would argue that some people just don't fucking want to know. If you can think of the analogy of the scene in the movie where, who was the guy, I can't think of his name, um, he played in The Sopranos too. Um, he was the guy that uh, turned him over. He basically gave up the tapes and he was eating a steak. And he's like, if this is if this is fake, I don't care because the steak was good. I forget that guy's name, but the scene that he was talking about where he, he just didn't care. He knew it wasn't real, but it worked for him. And he's like, fuck it, I don't care if it's real or not. This steak tastes good and it fools me enough to be content with it. That's kind of a sad state of uh, that, that's kind of a sad state to be in, um, because well, there's a thousand reasons, and I'm not going to go into them here. If you don't question everything at the core of your belief system, if you don't question your paradigm, if you're not somebody who's willing to have your very paradigm shattered with a fucking sledgehammer, you're not prepared to know the truth. Remain a sheeple-minded person and continue to be controlled by your government, your authority, because you got to walk away from all of that. You've got to begin to ask questions that most people don't. You've got to begin to get out of the box and recognize the box that's been placed or that's been get handed and crafted for your mind that's been contained in. Kill your fucking television. Don't listen to the radio. Don't take in information that this system, this matrix that has all been crafted by men who have endeavored to control and pervert the minds of us. 
The truth is not for all men. The truth is only for those who seek it. Absolutely spot on by the brother, rebellious me puppet. The truth is not for all men. It's for those who seek it. And think about how we described one of the definitions of laziness. And it included conductive to inactivity or indolence. Inactivity, man, not even starting the process. Like the brother said, not even caring about the process or the truth is sheer laziness. And it already has caught up with people and will continue to catch up with people. According to the LazyWise.com article entitled Intellectual Laziness, Definition and Common Causes, written by Nikola Stavdrosky. While it's not always easy to find reasons to be motivated, laziness is always a choice similar to an intellectual laziness. If you aren't familiar with what intellectual laziness is, it's being contented with where you are and not choosing your growth mentally. In other words, you don't choose activities that stimulate your mind into learning more and developing knowledge, but rather you stay where you are. And what did I say about the analogy of the stunted plant? That's basically how we are raised in this in this worldwide society in babylon you never are going to reach your maximum your potential the article continues with this means being more engaged with social media and games rather than finding ways to broaden your mind in this article we'll be discussing everything you need to know about intellectual laziness What is intellectual laziness? Intellectual laziness is simply not choosing ways to become better in terms of your skills and knowledge, but rather you stay in your comfort zone. You don't bother engaging in a conversation with people who are wiser and more in-depth about things than you, because talking about concepts and ideas you aren't familiar with don't interest you. When you're intellectually lazy, you don't question or even doubt certain things about yourself like your mindset behavior and values towards other people and you certainly don't bother improving them and that's that's important you don't question or even doubt certain things about yourself like your mindset behavior and values towards other people and you certainly don't bother improving them i mean that ties in perfectly to what the overall message is think about in the last video the the audio excerpt from the video we played how most people just default back to, well, my mom and dad taught me, or well, that's what my, my professor or my teacher told me. That's what the textbook said. That's what the government asked. The author continues with, you like staying in an area, a area of familiarity and comfort, 
which generally means you won't go out of your way to improve yourself and become better. You stay in one area for long periods, even if it means sticking to routines and doing activities that no longer encourage your growth. You aren't bothered by your lack of initiative and proactiveness as being better, but you're actually contented with with this kind of life. There's... There's nothing wrong with being entertained by social media or video games, but you spend all your time surrounded by these that you don't bother stimulating your mind with things you can grow from or learn more about. And that's exactly what it is. Like we spoke about in the episode of escapism, right? That it is okay to let your mind relax, to take a break that's totally fine but when it becomes your identity when it becomes your consistent actions that's when you fall into the trap of your comforts your creature comforts and your laziness you know i guarantee you most people would continue to go along with the government as long as it didn't negatively affect them because obviously we're seeing that the government is now locking down the vaccinated, making the vaccinated wear the mask and all this, basically making them uncomfortable. But if the government took the route of not doing that to them, I would say the vast majority of people would not care what happened to the other side at all. It's they're, they're, they're that lazy that they would, wouldn't mind seeing harm being done to another group that's actually been ringing the alarm the whole time trying to help, trying to save. The author continues with common things that can use can, that can cause intellectual laziness. Number one, distractions. We live in a world where we're surrounded by distractions. So it's only natural that when things like our phones distract us on a daily basis, we don't have the time or energy to do anything else. Even if you have intentions to stimulate your mental capacity, distractions are a, mo- are a common cause of intellectual laziness. This goes for distractions such as social media and video games, as these two are the most popular aspects that can get in the way of doing activities that broaden your knowledge. Number two, lack of motivation. This is one of the primary factors why intellectual laziness is common in today's age. The lack of motivation that takes to get that makes it hard to get up in the morning. However, you should realize that motivation is both a state of mind and a choice, and it's nothing something that you naturally have. Everyone struggles with finding the motivation to get up and choose to go out of their comfort zones, but it's necessary for your betterment. If you want to have an extraordinary life, then you should always find a way to choose motivation and change your mindset every day. Number three, indecisiveness. If you're one of those individuals that don't know what they want in life, this could be a cause for intellectual laziness. It's not easy to go beyond what's familiar, especially when you're not yet sure of what you want to achieve. And think about that. Most people, you you just fall into these indoctrination camps and then you're told, Even by parents, a lot of people go and get careers that they didn't even want to do. And they 
are battling themselves internally between what they really want to do and what they're told to do. Number four, poor habits and lifestyle. As cliche as it sounds, your habits and lifestyle will reflect the kind of life you want to live. Self-destructive habits and lifestyle choices such as drinking and smoking will lead you further away from being the best version of yourself. You're more likely to dwell in everything wrong in your life with the, with the wrong habits rather than choose growth and knowledge in every opportunity you get. When you're so accustomed to the wrong kind of lifestyle, it can be difficult to get yourself into opportunities that make you better. Instead, you stay stuck in where you are because frankly, it's easier than trying to let go of poor habits. Number five, fear of failure, responsibility, and accountability. When you're afraid of failure or taking responsibility for things, the tendency is to stay exactly where you are without taking the initiative to change your life for the better. However, you should realize that fearing failure won't get you anywhere, and it's a necessary part of reaching success. And let's think about it from that perspective. Think about when all of these stories started coming out especially about the johnson johnson blood clots and them getting pulled and the fauci emails you know we all know those are distractions and made up right but for the people who do tune into the mainstream media think about all the times you've tuned in to, to notice that you've been lied to especially when it comes to the mask and social distancing and testing and boosters they, they are too scared, they're too fearful to admit that they're wrong. They can't hold themselves accountable or take responsibility for their actions, people. So rather than that, they continue to double down and point fingers and bury their head in the sand even further. Number six, depression and anxiety. Lastly, it's also possible to suffer from mental health problems that hinder your intellectual growth entirely. It's extremely hard to think about learning new things and becoming better when you're feeling overwhelmed with anxiety or you feel numb from feeling absolutely nothing. And think about it this way. We've, we've spoken about mental health. I already told you what mental health is and what it stems from. Mental health. The basis of mental health comes from not being aligned and connected to the Most High, not being aligned and connected to yourself, not knowing thyself, flaws and all. It starts there. By knowing yourself, you then begin to know the Most High. You begin to see the world for what it is. That's when you can start receiving wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. That's when you can start using your common sense and discernment to realize that all of the things around you are distractions. Everything that they gave you potentially is harmful from your education to your financial to your government to your healthcare to your religion to even the things that you put in your body so when they tell you about things such as anxiety or depression or this that and the third i'm not saying that people don't suffer from things like that i'm saying our inability to be aligned and connected with ourselves and the most high puts us in these situations we are using our own free will to partake in alcohol use and drug use and promiscuity and porn in you know actions that actually destroy us no wonder why so many kids nowadays are depressed no wonder why so many adults nowadays are depressed and you can only receive that dopamine hit from 
practicing escapism, getting away from reality, because you know deep down that the truth is 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 dark, but it needs to be examined. But you continue to run from it. You continue to believe that hey, I was I was born into this world and I have to pay and I have to work every day and slave away, make somebody else richer and give away all my energy, my life force, my time. You know, this is just how life is. That's literally the mindset of most people, and they'll sit there and they'll pretend like it's normal. But the, but deep down, their soul is is in pain. Their soul is hurt. That is what happens when you don't know yourself completely. When you don't know yourself, that's when you're susceptible to that type of pain, to that type of anguish, because you're now you're at the mercy of Babylon in all aspects. Think about all of the trauma. That has happened to all of the people who have gone through this pandemic and have, have listened to it and trusted it. For real, these people will never ever be the same. Even myself speaking to you, I'll never ever be the same like I was prior to this to this pandemic. This pandemic sparked a you know a fire under me. I was already on the path of truth, but when this pandemic kicked off, I was like, you know what? This is this is time for me. This is go time. And I knew it was time to change things around and not be lazy and not and not be idle and not procrastinate. So that meant changing up the things that I do, the people that I hung out with. I don't avoid friends just to avoid friends, people. I'm at a point in my life where I already know that I don't have the energy or the time, especially with what's going on, with what I have to prioritize. That I don't have that time to just nurture all of the relationships that I had. Anyone who's known me has known how many friends I've had and people I've met and come across, and how many lives I've impacted, and vice versa. So even making the podcast was the best approach for me to help people because there's no way I could sit down with everybody in my life on a one-on-one basis and have these type of conversations. Oh, did you look into this? Did you look into that? To me, you should be able to do that if you're an adult, anyway. If somebody's packaging up information for you and making it easily digestible, the least you can do is try to give it a listen and look into it for yourself. That's the least you can do. So I knew when everything kicked off that I had to reprioritize. It was no longer about going out with the fellas and drinking and staying up late and playing video games. Or watching sports, or you know, joining a fantasy football league and having a group text about fantasy football, or a group text about celebrities and all these things that are going on in the world. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that per se. It's okay to hang out with people and catch up on things and take your mind off off the rat race and the nine to five and the stress. But what I'm saying is that things need to be done and things are heating up. And things need to be prioritized. And me being lazy, and me hoping that oh, I'd come across the truth myself, or you know, I'd figure it out in due time. No, I knew that I had to get up, get up, get up, and get active. You know, that's that's just the difference between me and a lot of people is that I care enough to look into it, and I'm going to go extra further to share that with you. And it's, it's frustrating, man. It really, really can be frustrating. 
And, you know, one thing that really, really opened my eyes during the last two years, people, that I'm going to get into is people just being exposed for who they are. And I'm not just talking about the people who've complied, who've worn the mask, who've done the social distancing, who, you know, who, you know, taken the shots and the boosters. I'm not talking about them only. I'm talking about the people who claimed to be in religion and claimed to know God and Jesus and, and, you know, the script, the scripture, or the, you know, either people who always claimed or the people who would virtue signal and mention, you know, I'm a Christian or I'm a Muslim or, you know, I'm a Jehovah's witness. Oh, I go to church. Oh, I go on missionary trips. All these things that we always heard people yapping about with their religion. But they don't have the spiritual awareness to understand what's going on in this world. You see, I I look back at so-called Christians, even just in my family, multiple Christians, all of them pretty much have taken the shot. And to me, that was that was the last straw with me when it came, when it came to how I viewed people, because these are people who have been in my life my whole life, who've seen me from the womb to an adult and have always been preaching to me the importance of God or Jesus or church or that. You know what I'm saying? But to come and find out that they don't even practice what they preach, they don't even take the time to even read the scripture. You know how many family members I have that have never even finished the book? Whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, that literally have never even finished the book. That couldn't even tell you a script. Couldn't even give you a scripture. Couldn't even break down the scripture, but yet they've been going to church you know, multiple times a week for years, they've given away tens of thousands, thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars to the church. They've given away their energy, their time, time away from family, away from themselves, only to come out as frauds, only to come out as phonies, only to come out as lazy. It, it really, really opened my eyes, people, because the spiritual laziness is so deep. That's why we, we, we harp on religion all the time. Religion is such a cop-out. To believe that another man died for your sins and that all you really got to do is just, you know, give a couple dollars a, a week or a month and, you know, all you got to do is say the name that you'll be saved. You know, you're just waiting to die so that you could be saved. You're not, you're not actually changing or making any effort to make any change on the earth while you're here now. You could care less about what happens to future generations. You can care less, right? That's most of you who are into religion. You don't want to dig deeper. You, you you came across being a Christian and that was it. That every single other religion is wrong. You, you were the one who found it. Even though there's thousands of religions, you somehow found the right one. I don't even know. There's, that's, I can't even like really fathom that level of arrogance and ego and pride and stubbornness and lazy. You can't really quantify that when you actually break it down. It's asinine in every single way, shape, and form. But this is how they are. This is how the, the vast majority, they wouldn't even know about revelations. They wouldn't even know about the mark of the beast at all. Because pastor didn't tell them. So it, it can't be true, right? Even though it's in the book, pastor didn't tell them. Can't be true. Think of all of them that have taken shots. And even myself, I've discussed it before. When I first made the Narrow Path of the Righteous podcast, I was heavily... New, old testament and torah 
only. And I thought I was doing something with that. <laughs> I thought that that meant something. But you see, the difference is was I was never going to become complacent in it. I was never going to be lazy. Oh, well, I found the Torah. That's it. Nothing else can be true. Oh, I, I can't I can't question this book and look at all the contradictions and hypocrisy that I see with my own two eyes. I just got to, you know, just listen to it and, you know, don't question it and just remain lazy. Right. No, I didn't do that. I continued to question. I continued to listen to other brothers and sisters in truth who were breaking it down and exposing it. And I looked into it for myself. You see, that's the difference between those who actually are seeking the truth. Like the brother said earlier, the truth is not for all men and women, but for those who seek it. How much effort are you going to put into it, people? Or are you just going to remain, you know, just at the same level? Just, you're going to remain intellectually lazy. Oh, I found religion. I'm good. I might even bounce around a few religions, but as long as I'm in it, I'm good. So we're going to deep dive into the spiritual laziness behind religion, because like I said, there's intellectual laziness, which makes you feel as if you have nothing else to learn. There's physical laziness and there's also spiritual laziness. And we're going to transition over to the audio excerpt from my brother, Edgar Mendix Babylon. And the video is entitled Nephilim Angel is Cube Reset Programs Falsehoods. Shake thyself from the dust and arise. Babylon. And this was published on December 18, 2021. Back again. <clears throat> concerning so-called uh, a bit of most uh, different things uh, wrote down here wanted to talk about how all these renders are because you uh, witnessed uh, destruction of the black family i explained to you what it was all about using the religion people's uh, essence from them have them both worshiping men listening to angels all of that we've been doing i have explained to you that all these religions came from the uh, spiritual guides so-called spiritual guides and all the churches telling you what to do nothing new and uh, apart from that live inside the cubes we built by extensive uh, one big cube have hundred small cubes right, that give you both wire intelligent complex. They have to give you different cubes if you totally lost, totally bank in Babylon. And uh, I don't I got all these niggas calling up on Jesus telling you uh, come to my church, uh, telling you that uh, they live by black supremacy because Jesus and the, uh, the chosen or the white pope is going to Madonna. So that, uh, that white people has been you know, scratched out of their way of uh, superpowers, of friendship. Okay? No more competition. Uh, they don't have to compose the Pope going to Madonna. But the Pope going to Black Madonna is a symbology shows you uh, is this uh, black entity that rules from behind the curtains. Yeah, that, you know, Pope have a master. So you it is, because these guys uh, work in the dark, so they gave you the Black Madonna to watch. He represents that entity as the end of your role, of Christian role, of knowing their God is Madonna. That's the, the one that the Pope boasts you all the time, 
everybody else goes to the Pope. So, but you know that this is as this black entity behind controls everything, including the Pope. All these things that you got on YouTube telling you they are building the Church of Christ, telling you to join their channel, telling you to give you the uh, to give them money. Where do you think they're going to take you? Same place they've been taking you. A place of no soul, a place of government, a place of slavery, a place that you own nothing, the government own everything and tell you what to do. And even plant your own tree and build your own house, you're not free. But you're going to get these clowns telling you you need Jesus. Uh, after all this is, we've been breaking down Jesus and telling you uh, all the bullshit that this is, how this was all made up, man's stories. They made up. Yeah, and these angels behind us, I'm saying, and uh, the church behind us. Understand? The people that claim that they only dealing with OT, now they're going to learn the lesson. You can't separate the OT from the New Testament and think that everybody, everything is going to be okay. Because yeah, always behind this is operating from Rome, telling the Pope that, you know, they all must be Christians, no matter what. No matter if you find out Christianity is bullshit, you gotta do Christian, because it's coming from the angels. They all worship the angels, you know? Okay? And the angels give them the doctrine for you support the vanity of black Jesus, I'm saying. Government, no, and all the other religions are, are the same. They all teach about Jesus and how good he was and that he was a god or the son of God or something, some bullshit like that. They worship and follow no matter what. And the whole system is based on that. No matter what religion, it's based in that. That is your cube of slavery. Yeah. The same guy they worship is the same guy that is killing them, bringing all the dooms on them. They accept it because they've been already mind-controlled to have faith, turn the other cheek, pay taxes. Jesus told them all of that, indeed all of that. Hello. So you're dealing with the generation of people that have been brainwashed by religion. They all... No the religious box think outside yeah they can't think outside the damn box of of jebus and uh, satan which is satan worship that we already broke down for years yeah. and uh, you know you got these motherfuckers acting like they don't know what jesus is I'm talking about let's build the church of jesus let's come together not happening all your fool will worship an idol that is going to kill him that can't even deliver his own people all these motherfuckers wearing his damn mask on the church and claim that Jesus saves, that Jesus did miracles, that who uh, believe in Jesus will do these miracles or even bigger miracles. Why are they all taking the shots and not healing each other then? That's when you know people have no soul. That's what's going on in there. Insanity, fear, and social control. It's not about saving lives. It's not about doing what the master told them, that he can't heal anything. Yeah, there's nothing too big for him. That's not what they te teach them. They read this book that they believe is New Testament. When they read that book, the fantasy book, not real. If they don't believe nothing that is there, they pretend they believe. But they are religious. That's what religion is, is pretending. Yeah, you pretend that you believe in, in, in Mosai, but you don't. You're a devil. And then they go to church all the time, every Sunday and all that shit. Yeah, give money to the church. Do all that shit. Don't even spend time with their family or nothing. Oh, I know people, man. They like in the church five days, four days a week. They, they work there. They give them occupations in the church to uh, clean, to be a minister, to be a, uh, you know, he's a woman. They, they give them their offices, you know, there's like ministers and they teach them, oh, you can be a pastor as well. They teach them 
New Testament concepts, teach them old fantasy. They uh, have them in the pulpit teaching and everything, all the fantasies that they believe Jesus is going to come, da-da-da, da-da-da-da. They can see an inch in front of their nose. What's going on? Tell you a solution from Jesus. They can do nothing. Well, they dead people. And uh, they worship Satan, as I told you. Here is the names that they worship, the El, God of Egypt, El. That's why you got all these names in the Bible coming with this old Egyptian gods that destroyed Egypt one end to the other. Yeah, the El legacy. Let's take, for example, the El, God El from, from Egypt is in the Bible. It's why all these names you have there ending in what? El, yeah, was borrowed from Egypt. Well, even the angel Michael, Micah, Mikael, Michael. Yeah. Then you got Daniel, and you got uh, Ezekiel. Got Samuel, got Raquel, got Joel, got Jezebel, got Mel, Isedek, Mel, Isedek, got Azazel. Yeah. Even the word angel with L, angel. And you got Carmel, got Babel, got Bethel, got Raphael. How many bells are you going to have, man? Before you wake up in the cult of Egypt, that this uh, god is a destroyer the entire civilization just because he gave you a cross doesn't mean it's not going to happen to you cross means you crucified it you already crucified your ass in a big ass religion took your soul put in a box the cross is, is a box it's a cube that's why you worship the cube when you have the cross 100% in the cube okay. worship the god El worship the god Yah he's an Egyptian moon god as I explained and YouTube delete my, my videos and the channel and the whole thing why? because it's the truth these niggas are left to believe with. Black nationalism. What did I tell you about nationalities? The number of the beast. Not the number, but, you know, the mark of the beast. Any type of nationalist is the, the, is the, the beast system. And you are out of it. If you say you are realite, you say you are nation of Islam, if you say you are uh, any nation, really. Yeah. I'm Chinese, I'm Japanese, I'm African, I'm Ghanaian. I'm Nigerian, I'm South African, I'm Golan, Portuguese, I'm Spanish. All you're saying is that you are a beast, that you are uh, signed up to be that uh, that uh, beast. That, you know, they can do whatever they want to. Commercial beast, not human. Yeah, That's what these leaders are there for. Keep you in that box, which is the cube. And uh, if you can't even see that, you know, they even show you these leaders, they were like perverts, I'm saying. Dating same sex, changing sex, hacking kids, uh, raping, you know. All of these crimes that they do, and then they steal your leader, and they're still telling you that they're dealing with mosaic. They're telling you they're dealing with Jesus. But you got these damn impolite Christians. You can't even, you know, I'm, I'm not going to listen to you because you're swearing. That's what they like. Low IQ and worried about somebody telling the truth. But, you know, if you say some word that, you know, they don't like or think is offensive, they're not listening to you no more. They disconnect because they are used to go to that church and just sit there and have a nice time. And pastor just tells them all beautiful words that they want to hear. And I'm saying, they know pastor is never going to tell you what the fuck you, you're sinning or, you know, you're not going to swear or, you know, or tell them something nasty that they're doing. They shouldn't be doing. He's not going to tell them they're breaking uh, the law, the instructions of Mosaic. He's not going to tell never, ever tell them. But when these Christians come out here and somebody tell them, He's in your family, they're not talking to you no more. If he's not in your family, offended, they don't listen to you either. 
just walk off of it. Or probably they tell you that, oh, you, you swearing. I can, I can believe you are a man of God if you swear and do all this stuff. And they believe. Low, low, you know, low IQ creatures, beasts. So you have to, yeah, try to have compassion. But that time is closing because you see, these churches, what they're doing, wearing masks, taking shots. I think gonna happen to these uh, niggas that don't wake up and start stealing the damn church. Talking about Jesus and taking others with them to destroy their souls. These guys were beasts, demons, all day, every day, from the beginning. Never going to change. They don't want you to be free, and they want to sacrifice you. Because Jesus was a sacrifice, a living sacrifice of a devil. Give you an example. Because that's what they're doing to you. They ain't about no no family, black or white. No family. They're not about no none of that. All they promote are these transformers that I showed you. They are the leaders of these Negroes. All coons in the church of Satan, man. That's right. And, uh, well, all the governments went to you. It resumes all to the to their government. And uh, the government gives two rats out the simple as Negroes. Because they're simple and meant to reap what they sow. The thing is, the cube tells you what is happening. The cube tells you when you break the commandments or the laws, you are to be destroyed. And that's the script. Rip tells you that, but then the script tells you that as well. You are saved, that you don't need to worry about nothing, and that you just need to have faith. And that, uh, that the cube tells you that, you know, your ways is on you. If you if you go wrong, your way, Jesus, may be cutting you off the tree. Even though Jesus said that he died for your sins and all that yippity-yap bullshit, yeah, but you still have sins and gonna die. Motherfucker didn't die for your sins, but get all offended because somebody figured this out, told you that your God Jesus is a BS, that you worship idols, will be worshiping your own, building your own, and that's how life was supposed to be. Not following some funky leader telling you he's a Jesus Christ believer, asking you your money, in your money, building more church, because that's what these uh, pastors and uh, Christian leaders do. Doesn't matter if they realize or not. What they do, they take your money, build a hundred thousand churches, till they can have a, a jet to fly. All about uh, power. It's all about showing off how much money he has, yeah? how many trophies he has that he, he, he gained in debates. Yeah? Because he's a big follower. These people even have they, they get they give them money and gold and everything when they win this debate uh, that they use to indoctrinate their people. They even get paid and get trophies and they can boost on, you know, I got this, you know, I'm the, the champion of the bait, got this trophy. I, I know some, you don't know nothing, just a devil worshipper. That's why they all got money and they all get, what Hollywood do? Don't they all go there and get, in the end of the year, don't they all get together, give them trophies, give them gold, tell them, look, you are the best of the year. That's what these guys in Israelites, they're doing that. Yeah. So the devil do that and they do the same. And you think that this guy <laughs> is dealing with Mosai to out to vote to be destroyed. When a blind follow a blind, what did your New Testament tell you? A blind follow the blind, they both will fall in the same hole. So keep following them, them uh, Christian Negroes telling you they're going to save you. Come to my church soon. We won't hear from you. Okay? All I'm going to tell you, I don't even need to worry about you. I don't need to worry about convincing you. I don't need to worry about fighting you. No. Your own God is going to destroy you, man. You already see what they're doing. All of them, well, 
Because Christians, most of them, they already took the shot. I'm in all these churches with a mask. And I have some family in the church. These are the ones that took the shot. So, <laughs> worshipping Jesus. Soon, we'll be extinct. Because you ignore yourself. Yeah. Never planted a tree. Never spoke the truth. Never. These people don't even want to know about no truth. So, the government comes in and tell them everything. What to believe, what to do, what to eat. Get rid of them. Because they don't. And they, uh, now... One, in the beginning, I was thinking, why the hell they call them useless eaters? Now I understand why. Yeah, don't want to think. They don't want to change nothing. Same thing the Negro is doing for 400 years. Yeah, talking up to Christ, the same thing he wants to do today and tells you that this is the solution. Same fucking thing he's been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years. And I find body slave of these religions that took his soul and he wants to continue. Same thing, you get the leader, I'm around shouting and, and telling you to worship, you know, that's the way of life. All religions, as I show you in all the videos, all these religions are about depopulating, are about science, all science. They tell you that you are nothing, that you are just an experiment. And you are an experiment. Um, you, you know, you gotta go to them so they can butcher you. Because your life is about that. It's about you being sick and going to them for help. Yeah. So my last video, China, how many million people in, I don't know, man, I like that. Because China seems to have billions of people in there. And these guys are talking about 500 million. Yeah. Now let's talk mathematics then. That means 500 million, how many people you have to take down in China? To have the whole world to have 500, you will have to take out whole entire United States out. Because there's more than 500 million, just China probably, and India. You know? So, America say bye-bye. Europe, the whole Europe, bye-bye. Yeah, you almost go. And China, half of it or, or three quarters or something gotta go. The whole India gotta go. Because they're not, you know, producing nothing. The countries that are not producing nothing gotta go. Everything is made in China. So, the Chinese must leave and the useless eaters must die. How is all set up? I'll say thanks to your Jesus that kept you in the faith process because you think food is gonna fall from heaven. No, doing nothing, you're not planting no tree, not uh, building no roads, you're not building your own mobile phones, you're not building your own cars, or nothing. Everything is falling from heaven. The sake alone that you know don't exist, money is falling from the tree. And the Chinese is busy building all this stuff because it's a slave to you, don't worry. Building all this stuff for you and uh, for free because, you know, all this money you have is fake. I told you this money is fake, but you're going to pay until one and you guys need to go. That's how China is going to take over and all these people probably is condemned to go. All Europe, to Africa, well, Africa, well, maybe they leave two or three niggas where kids with no shoe running around, but all Africa is going to be Chinese. End of this, right? Because they're all Christians and they're all taking shots. What to expect? It's gonna be another Egypt, all dried up with sand. So it'll be nobody. Will nothing in there. So we'll be America, uh, Canada, Europe, the whole place. Russia, all of them gotta go. And they all in the same same programming. People, even in Russia, the same programming, same things they're doing there. And that's something. But just a few years ago, they will tell you that Russia was a different thing. This and like that. That Europe was like this and like that. You know, they create these with divisions of. The you know, they demonize each other to make you think that you know, these countries were real. But no, they're all artificial, they're all the same, they all do the same things, and they're all going to close down the same way on you. There's nowhere to run. Unless you want to go to China and work, because you got to, you know, build something, there's nowhere to go, and you can't really go to China, because it's too full, and there's no space for you. So, what's next? Call upon your God, Jesus. Have faith.
while there is no food the way you do it. Yeah, because the day they say that your money is gone, has no value no more, you're done. And they're not going to give you no more food, no more nothing. Amazon closed down on you, that's that. Look around, there's no trees to eat, Up that. Or the other ones that, you know, kind of start eating each other. <coughs> they're cannibal, they eat meat already, so that's the problem with eating meat. Once they get this taste for board, when there's no food, they already told you that. But man, oh, that's Mazai. love and respect to the brother Edgar Mendex who's really just has been at the forefront of sharing wisdom knowledge and understanding and in terms of what I had mentioned about the spiritual laziness of the masses the brother just broke it down perfectly think about the description of Christianity and even these Israelites how spiritually lazy they are they can continue to watch everything around them implode and get worse and worse, not only for them, but their family, their friends, the world at large. And they sit there and believe and have faith and have hope and have wishful thinking that things will get better, but no action. The vast majority have no action or they think that by fleeing, oh, let me flee to the wilderness. Let me flee to this country that they're gonna be okay. It really is asinine to be in religion. and. When I had shared the story about witnessing certain family members and how they acted during this pandemic and how they continue to act during this pandemic, it just it just proves to me how phony most people are. Even the brother Edgar Mendick said it in the video, they don't believe in the most high. They don't. It's just a front. They don't care about the most high. They literally don't believe. There's no way. Otherwise, they believe in a demigod that continues to give them adult-like fairy tales that continues to give them the idea of government and the importance of government over them. It's just, it's just at this point, it really is just sad. The, the level of spiritual laziness throughout the whole entire world and where it's leading us. Now that we have a better understanding of not only the intellectual laziness, but the spiritual laziness of the majority of the masses, let's take a look at the physical laziness. And we're going to look at it from the perspective of the United States first, because this is the country that has been propped up amongst the whole entire world, where
United States has basically been the symbol of so-called freedom and democracy and, you know, bravery and all of that, when in reality, it's the total opposite. And we're going to look at it from a physical laziness standpoint, how the United States has gone to such a level of laziness physically that it is detrimental to even our health. You know, we spoke about it in the episode of healthcare. In germ theory and so on and so forth, ask yourself, why is it that all of the major top five to top 10 causes of death in the United States are all related to physicality and lifestyle choices? Meaning you are what you eat meaning if you don't exercise and work out and take care of your body you will balloon with this country that is supposedly so successful so you know business savvy we can't even keep our waistlines in check you have to chalk that up to laziness in some way shape or form i mean i'm gonna be the one to tell you the truth i remember when i was at my heaviest i think i was like two Two, almost 220 was the heaviest I've ever weighed and I'm only 5'11 you know when I realized how heavy I was I actually looked at how it was affecting me and this was like coming out of college people I was at like 23 24 ish at this time you know all of the drinking and partying and drugs and hookups all of that caught up to me and the food I was eating all types of food all types of meats and just sugars and ton of alcohol and i remember just being at my heaviest and i i thought i looked at how it was affecting me to be barely in my mid-20s and i need to drink an energy drink before work to even get through the day or i need to have a ton of tea or coffee to make it through the day i noticed how things that i seemingly that came naturally to me were now becoming harder where I could barely make it through an intramural basketball game when I was a part of intramurals when I was at my heaviest when if you would have looked at me 10 years prior I would have been up and down the court being able to play multiple hours a day no no issues so I I decided to stop being lazy in my mid-20s and actually start taking my health serious and even when I started getting back in shape even before I became plant-based and stopped eating meat you know I at least got into a better shape where I went from like the 220s down to the 180s and I remember I couldn't get any lower for some reason I thought I was healthier but I still was not where I wanted to be and going plant-based was the best decision I had ever made it cleared up my mind my body and my soul I, I can look at old photos of myself and tell you exactly what kind of mindset I was just by looking at my physical frame, just by noticing how physically lazy I was at that point in my time in my life. And it really will catch up to you. And it's caught up to the United States and other countries that are following suit. And make no mistake, it's, it's all done by. It's all done for a reason. So we're going to take a look at the so-called developed Western nations and how we can't snap out of our physical laziness.
according to the usatoday.com article entitled the u.s is one of the world's laziest countries and it's making us fat written by matthew debill and published on july 12 2017 Many Americans are downright lazy, and it's making us fat. That's among the findings of a study by Stanford University researchers using step countries, counters installed in most smartphones to track the walking activity of about 700,000 people in 46 countries around the world. Scott Delp, a professional of bioengineering who co-led the research told the BBC the study is a thousand times larger than any previous study on human movement. The least lazy, according to the study published in the journal Nature, are the Chinese, particularly those in Hong Kong, where people average 6,880 steps a day. The worst nation was nearby Indonesia, where people walked nearly half as much, averaging 3,513 steps a day. The worldwide average is 4,961 steps, with Americans averaging 4,774. So right then and there, we're, we're below the world average already. Does that mean Indonesians are more or much more likely to be obese than Americans? No. The researchers say, the key is a variation in the amount of walking. In less countries with obese, with less obesity, the Stanford researchers say, people typically walked a similar amount every day. In nations with higher obesities, there were larger gaps between those who walked a lot and those who walked very little. Among those latter countries is the United States, where activity inequality ranks Americans fourth from the bottom overall. If you think about some people in a country as activity rich and others as activity poor, the size of the gap between them is a strong indicator of obesity levels in that society, Delp told the Stanford news site. Tim Altoff, who worked on the study, pointed to Sweden with an average of 5,863 steps as having one of the smallest activity inequality gaps. It also had one of the lowest rates in obesity, he said. I'm just looking at, I highly recommend looking at this. And I just want to take a look at what the worldwide obesity rate, because you got to remember this article came out in 2017 about the United States. Well, let's take a look. Okay, so let me, this is just according to what I found on a quick Google search. So it says, what is the obesity rate in the world in 2020? So I'm guessing they probably haven't given the 2021 metrics or statistics. And so according to what they said about 2020, in fact, 
In 2020, more than 2 billion adults, 39% of the adult global population were overweight, which is a body mass index of 25% or greater. Of these, over 600 million were obese, with a BMI over 30%. In Europe, more than half the population is overweight and up to 30% obese. So if 39% of the global population, basically almost half, is overweight people, and then of that, almost, almost 50% are obese, so we're probably looking at what, 20, over 20% of the world population being obese and 40% being overweight. And people think that that's normal. People think that they now have the right to call you out because you're not protecting their health by wearing a mask or you're not social distancing enough for them, or you're not taking a vaccine to keep them healthy, but yet these are the people who, are, who fall into these numbers of overweight and obesity. These people who've been physically lazy their whole, t- whole life, who've been intellectually lazy, who've been spiritually lazy, have the audacity to say that it is now someone else's responsibility to keep them healthy. I've never in my life seen anything like that, people. The, the sheer amount of arrogance and egotist, ego and pride and stubbornness and overall laziness to even claim that, to even allow the government to put that into your head and to run with it says a lot about a person. That's why I, I, I don't argue or debate with people. That's why if I notice that you don't want the truth, I just move on. I, I've I've just gotten to a point where I can't deal with people like that. That 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 is that is such a you are so far gone from reality that there's nothing that the average person can do for you anymore. That we can get to a point in time where we can now blame other people for our health. Well, I mean, what did we talk about in the episode of healthcare? Obesity. What was it? Heart disease was ranked number one on the list of deaths in the United States. And heart disease has historically been in the top, top three, top five for how long? And then followed by stroke at number two and then medical errors and medical mishaps at number three. Come on, people. These are all lifestyle issues. Go look up the top 10 causes of death, people. Please go look it up. It's physically lazy. It's, it's physical laziness, people. It's going to kill us and it already is killing us. I mean, think about what the food, we're not even talking about the aspect of the, what the food does because it's all chemical based. So it's addictive. It's seriously addictive to people. And I remember, you know, me and my lady always share information with each other. You know, she, she does an incredible job about sharing articles and videos with me and even just giving me her perspectives. And just recently, we were spending time together, and she had mentioned how she had seen a Facebook post. And she, she, she's a part of a lot of Facebook groups, and I think this group was entitled, it was intended for, for mothers, right? And parents, and people just to ask questions, whether you're a parent or not. There's just supposed to be a place where people can come together and share information. And so she had noticed that some 
guy had put up a, a question in the group. And the guy asked, why do women think breastfeeding is optional? I never got that concept. And of course, he gets berated by, you know, a bunch of feminists, probably lesbian, LGBTQ through Z members, and people who really are just outside of who they're supposed, who they're made to be. So some of the responses are just ridiculous. Let me, let me find some one second. Somebody says, Negro, it ain't your concept to get. The F be wrong with some of y'all. And then somebody says, why do so many men think raising their kid is optional? So basically just going off topic. That's what they always have to do. And then somebody says, you literally don't ever have to worry about doing it. So yeah, make yourself an expert on something you can't do. And then the guy responded back. He clapped back really well. He said, women should make themselves experts on what they're feeding their children. And then another person said, why do men think having opinions on women's body is an option? And then listen to this response. It's none of your business. Go build a house or die in a war or some. Breastfeeding is something between mother and child. It ain't for you to understand. <laughs> go build a house or go die in war. That's how they view us. A lot of them view us. And then another person said, dude, you're pressed over one woman saying she wanted to smoke a blunt. Just move on from that. She was honest. Post-birth is hell for women to experience. But of course, you don't care on that. You're just so pressed on why she won't breastfeed. You don't care on why a woman doesn't want to. You literally have many women telling you their experiences on this, and you just choose to ignore it and think you know better. And somebody says, you don't get to dictate what's a right or a wrong reason to not breastfeed, nor do I understand how you have a problem with healthy women choosing not to breastfeed. That's just ridiculous. Somebody says, bro, do you even have kids? Why do you care? Why are you in a woman's business? <laughs> oh my gosh. Somebody says, whip your titty out and feed a baby then, Richard. Uh, so my, my, my lady and I started talking about it and how she felt about it. And she was giving her perspective from the lens of motherhood and her perspective from what she's seen out of other mothers and how they do make excuses not to breastfeed. You know, think about that post where the, the person said a blunt. The girl just wants to chill out and have a blunt. Think about how messed up that is. How lazy that is. You were old enough, wise enough, not even wise enough, you were old enough to make your own decision to go have unprotected sex and have somebody finish inside of you. 
and then you have a child but now it's too hard for you to bear the work that goes into it so now you'd rather drink alcohol and smoke a blunt because it's too much work to breastfeed it's too much of an inconvenience to breastfeed your child so you give them formula it's just crazy and they make up a plethora of excuses no accountability no responsibility just excuses And then somebody with some common sense chimed in and said, formula is hell of a chemical, I'll tell you that. And then my lady chimed in, we both talked about it, I'm, and, we're, and she was getting a little pressed. I get, I get where my lady was coming from because she now sees it for herself, how, la- how intellectually lazy, how physically lazy, how spiritually lazy so many women are. And that's why I respect my woman is because she's willing to admit that. She's willing to admit she fell for the feminism. She fell for the, the women unite. She fell for the my body, my choice at one point in her life. But she made the decision to actually look into things. She stopped being lazy like these women are. Oh, you want to smoke a blunt? Instead of giving your kid the nutrients it needs, you're going to go give it chemicals? That to me is so disgusting. And this is what my woman responded with. She says, wow, these comments are something else. Let's not pretend that breastfeeding is not the most natural and healthy way for a baby to eat. Have y'all actually done research on what is in the formula? I don't see an issue with someone asking why a healthy woman chooses not to go the natural way when it comes to feeding your baby. But because it's coming from a man, he has no right to ask questions. So he should have no opinion on what his child or potential child eats. (laughs) So y'all want men to be involved, but not to have an opinion or ask questions. Exactly. Exactly. Like we're just basically sperm donors. And then somebody responds to my lady with, what did they say? One second. breastfeeding doesn't work for everyone some women don't make enough some never get milk some babies are allergic to breast milk depending on what the child may be allergic to some may not have the time because they have to go back to work right away some may not be mentally able to do so meaning antidepressants may be harmful to the baby okay so let me ask you something then if you're aware if you're wise enough to realize that the antidepressants are harmful to your baby why are you having a baby can i ask you that question or is that wrong Or is that me as a man shaming you and trying to control you? Oh, I forgot. Your body, your choice. But no, when it comes to the vaccine, no, not your body, your choice. Everybody has to take it for your health, right? And so you got to ask yourself, how does a baby become allergic to its own mother's breast milk? What is the mom putting in her body? Is she actually putting the right foods, the right nutrients? Is she actually educated on it? There's always excuses. You always notice how people have excuses for their health and especially the health of our children. And then something my lady responds with this. I appreciate your respectful response, but with all due respect, formula isn't healthy at all. Even the brands that claim to be to say it's none of his business, regardless of whether it's his baby or not, is why we are not coming together as men and women. And that's exactly what it is. The whole the whole purpose for the divide and conquer is to get men and women not to work together. And we can't even come together on things such as, you know, 
taking care of our babies, giving them what they need, our future generations. What do you think the formula does to the mind and the body and the soul of a child? It, just, it, it alters it. So that child follows that formula so that they're addicted to those chemicals in that Gerber's or whatever they're eating, whatever formula they're consuming. You know, we really got to wake up, people. If we can't even keep our waistlines in check because we're too lazy to take care of our bodies, if we can't even breastfeed our babies because we want a blunt or a sip of alcohol, we're doomed. We really are doomed. When are we going to get the reality check, people? Is it going to take the, 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 the killing of our own children by these the Mark of the Beast vaccines, or what is it going to be? Because obviously, with the children dying, a lot of people continue to give that age-old excuse, oh, nothing happened to me. I'm fine. Don't even look at it. But those are the same people who don't look into anything that you show them. They're just living off belief and blind faith and hope and wishful thinking you know what i know that'll wake up the rest of the people who haven't woke up who refuse to who are too lazy intellectually spiritually and physically you know what i know will wake up the rest you know what i know will be the the actual reality check for the people which sadly not the deaths of the elderly not the deaths of people middle-aged and younger and young adolescents not the death of children once the dollar collapses worldwide, once we start seeing these financial institutions implode, that's when people will get up and decide to so-called wake up. But by then, it'll be far too late in my opinion. That'll be the reality check. That'll be when people claim that they don't wanna be lazy anymore. They wanna start looking into the things that we told them about. That just goes to show you how phony people are. And we're going to transition over to the upcoming reality check in case you're not aware of what's going on behind the scenes because there is a lot going on and it's very easy to be distracted during these times or during these end times. So we're going to transition over to the audio excerpt from the Gematria Effect News 24 video entitled IMF and the U.S. simulated a cyber attack on financial system December 9, 2021 in Israel. Collective Strength, published on December 18, Welcome back, Truth Seeker. One of the topics that's gaining a lot of attention in the truth community is that the International Monetary Fund, along with 10 participating nations, including the United States of America, the UK, Germany, Israel, all the regular players, simulated a cyber attack on the financial system on December 9th, 2021. And uh, Big Al called in this morning on the sports stream. And he asked if I could give this a look, and um, he wasn't the first person to make that request. But as always, when there, there's an organization that has a simulation like this, the first thing you do is look at who the leader of the organization is. So the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, is the main sponsor. Their current leader, Kristalina 
Her birthday is August 13th. She happens to be that magical age of 68. But right away, notice that from her birthday, August 13th, to the day of the simulation, December 9th, was her 119th day of her age. And consider, in the most pure cipher in Gematria, this is how the New World Order Cabal operates every day. The English language, the language of the world, has a numerical sequence behind it. From the beginning, I've taught the two ciphers that I learned from Manly P. Hall's The Secret Teachings of All Ages, the alphabetic order, and the alphabetic order with the rules of numerology, Manly P. Hall. He gave those to you in his book, The Secret Teachings of All Ages. In the cipher that he says is more important, International Monetary Fund, what IMF stands for, equals 119. So you just got to stop right there and go, wow, what are the odds that they'd be doing such a simulation of a cyber attack taking down the world's financial system on the 119th day of the IMF leader's age? And keep in mind, this simulation was in Israel, where their flag is the Star of David. And as we know, in Gematria, Star of David, just using the alphabetic order without the numerology, Star of David's 119, all-seeing eye, what's on the money, right? What's on the U.S. dollar bill, the all-seeing eye, the eye of providence, you know, 119, all international currencies are pegged with the U.S. dollar, the thing with the all-seeing eye on it. This is a simulation of the world financial system going down. But Star of David, 119, going with where the simulation was, Israel, their flag is the Star of David, all-seeing eye, what's on the money, 119, master plan. I remember a big banking master plan on September 11th. You guys remember that one, September 11th, 2001? The big 119 ritual. The first person we heard from in the media was Ian Barak, the leader of Israel. He went on our TV right away and told us to declare a war on terrorism and invade Afghanistan and Iraq. Exactly what we did. You know, the leader of Israel told us to declare a war on terror. He gave us all the first terminology, Ian Barak. And not to be confused with Barack Obama. But master plan is 119. Isn't that interesting? And, of course, foundation's 119. Special numbers to these people. And, again, I mean, you just got to say, what are the odds? What are the odds that every single day, and I mean every single day, every single news story can be taken apart this way in moments? I mean, Big Al called me as soon as I ended the stream. I looked in this in five seconds. I said, well, what do you know? What do you know? On the 119th day of the IMF director's age, a simulation in Israel, Star of David land, you know, uh, about the world's currency systems being taken down with a cyber attack, which the Jesuit cabal is very much focused on. You know, you got Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, the Jesuit, you know, the same institution that simulated the coronavirus pandemic one month before it happened. That same institution's been simulating, you know, power grids going down, cyber attacks. We, we called the, the power outage of Valentine's Day earlier this year because of the World Economic Forum simulation. And, um, you know, young Bryson, who I don't know what happened to him, but he had a prediction for cyber polygon with, with the cyber attacks. And then his prediction was dead on with some of the cyber attacks earlier this year. But these simulations are synced up with what eventually become the news. So no doubt they have a planned date for this. And when it does happen, and, and I mean, you can figure it out by researching it and thinking about it. But when it does happen, it'll be perfectly synced with this simulation. And then they'll blame it on some boogeyman. But really, it was just them. But look at this. Here's what else is perfect. 
from the start of the Ignatian year, this Jesuit thing, this Ignatian year, because again, it's the Jesuits that run Israel and all this. State of Israel equals 201, like the Jesuit order, like Ignatius of Loyola. From the start of their Ignatian year, which is in tribute to Ignatius of Loyola, May 20th to this simulation was 203 days later. And look at the name of the director. Look at her name. 203. You know, how perfect. How perfect. And realize, this is how they choose their puppets and pawns to be the heads of these organizations. You know, essentially, the head of every organization in this world might as well just be seen as the Pope, the Catholic Church, who the Jesuits serve. And, again, I mean, just day after day, just these perfect rituals. What else is interesting is North Carolina equals 203. And the reason it matters that North Carolina equals 203 is because that's where all the banks are headquartered in the United States. They're all headquartered in Charlotte, North Carolina. So that's another thing to think about. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't understand why the truth community. Well, I, you know, I do understand why the truth, the supposed truth community never covers this knowledge is because they're not really here for the truth. They're here to sell you T-shirts and you know, monetize their channels and, and make ad revenue and blame everything on Freemasons and Jews, you know. And it, it's not to say that those uh, those parties are, are innocent parties, but at the end of the day, that's bullshit information. It's the Jesuit cabal. It's the Catholic Church. And, and the Jesuits are a partnership between the Catholics and the Jews. But if you're not talking about the Jesuits, you're not really talking about anything. If you're not talking about Gematria, you're also really not talking about anything because this is how these people work every day, and you can prove it every single day, as I have for more than eight years straight now. You know, Every single day I've been here proven definitively this is what's going on. And you know, j just to read a little bit about um, the simulation here, I'll pull up the article. December 9th, 2021, exclusive IMF 10 countries simulate cyber attack on global financial system. And, you know, there you go. You got your flags for the participating nations. And it goes like this. Jerusalem, Israel on Thursday led a 10 country simulation of a major cyber attack on the global financial system in an attempt to increase cooperation that could help to minimize any potential damage to financial markets and banks. The simulated war game, as Israel's finance ministry called it and planned over the past year, evolved over 10 days. So 10 countries over 10 days. 10 commandments, totally Jewish with sensitive data emerging on the dark web. The simulation also used fake news reports that in the scenario caused chaos in global markets and a run on banks. The simulation likely caused by what officials called sophisticated players featured several types of attacks that impacted global foreign exchange and bond markets, liquidity, integrity of data, and transactions between importers and exporters. These events are creating havoc in the financial markets, said a narrator of a film shown to the participants as part of the simulation and seen by Reuters. Israeli government officials said that such threats are possible in the wake of the many high-profile cyber attacks on large companies, and the only way to contain any damage is through global cooperation since current cybersecurity is not always strong enough. Attackers are 10 steps ahead of the defender. 
going crazy with the 10s, aren't they? Michael Weiss, financial cyber manager at Israel's financial ministry, told Reuters. Participants in the initiative called Collective Strength included treasury officials from Israel, the United States, the United Kingdom. Again, those are all Jesuit-controlled territories. The U.S., the U.K., Israel. That's just all Jesuit. United Arab Emirates, again, united again. Who do you think controls the Middle East? You know, the Crusaders have been there for how long? Austria, home of Adolf Hitler. Switzerland, where the Knights Templar fled to. Germany, Italy. <laughs> I mean, Italy, uh, where the Jesuits operate out of. The Netherlands and Thailand. I I'm sure every last one of those territories is controlled by the Jesuits. As well as representatives from the International Monetary Fund, World Bank, and Bank of International Settlements. The narrator of the film in the simulation said governments were under pressure to clarify the impact of the attack, which was paralyzing the global financial system. The banks are appealing for emergency liquidity assistance in a multitude of currencies to put a halt to the chaos as counterparties withdraw their funds and limit access to liquidity, leaving the banks in disarray and ruin, the narrator said. The participants discussed multilateral policies to respond to the crisis, including a coordinated bank holiday, debt repayment grace periods, swap repo agreements, and coordinated delinking from major currencies. So like the US, everyone's right now pegged against the dollar. The head of Israel's financial cyber engagement said international collaboration between financial ministries and international organizations is key for the resilience of the financial ecosystem. The simulation was originally scheduled to take place at the Dubai World Expo, but it was moved to Jerusalem due to the Omicron variant of COVID-19. Oh, I'm sure that was really the reason. With officials participating over video conference. No doubt all along they were going to run this on the 119th day of the IMF director's age. And um, if I didn't say so, December 9th can be written 12 slash 9 like 129. Remember, synagogue equals 129, as in the synagogue of Satan. And again, synagogue, you know, ties right in with Judaism. And this was in Jerusalem. And you see what's funny, like how, how this article was posted at 2.32 p.m. Again, it's the synagogue of Satan. Let me show you something about Satan in Jewish gematria. So we normally talk about the base ciphers. Again, Jewish gematria, very important. Satan, 2.32, right? The synagogue of Satan in synagogue in the base ciphers is 129, like the day it happened. But this stuff's not an accident, you guys. It's not posted at 2.32 arbitrarily. This is the synagogue of Satan all day, every day, in your face, operating the way they do, by the numbers. And, you know, essentially what they're doing is they're letting you know their plans. And every time they do one of these things, they get ahead on the people of the world. You know, their, out of their chaos comes their order. And notice how they proposed all the solutions to such as should this happen. These are all the things they want to come out of it. You know, they want a new international banking holiday. Suppose on that day, it'll make it easier to plan, you know, their next devious act for the year ahead. But. Um, yeah, so. 
We'll keep it short and sweet. Again, if you got here late, you can just rewind the video, take it from the top. But just quick recap, the head of the IMF who led this simulation, again, she's 68 years old right now, and it went down on her 119th day of her age. Kind of reminds you of 9-11, where the bankers made off in a big way. Remember, in 1968, World Trade Center construction began. 911 made the national emergency dialing code, et cetera, et cetera. Barack Obama equals 68, 119 weeks from him becoming president. O Osama dies. You know, 9-11 can be written 11 slash 9 or 9 slash 11. But in addition to international monetary fund being 119, again, so Star of David, all seeing eye, both 119. This is in Jerusalem. And in the simulation, they're saying things they could do to, you know, lessen the damage, uh, essentially make the, the world's currencies less centralized around one currency that could cause mayhem worldwide. So essentially, you know, no, no longer having the U.S. dollar as the peg currency. And we know that's what they want to do. It's only a matter of time. But further proving that this is all Jesuits, again, it came 203 days after the Ignatian year began, and the IMF leader's name is 203. So. And why this is important to acknowledge and understand is that this is the message to those who think that money is going to save them, that cryptocurrency is going to save them that gold is going to save them or silver or, or any made up man-made metals you got to understand that this is going to be done by design the collapsing of the financial systems worldwide first they had to give you the pandemic then they had to get everyone scared then they had to get everybody in compliance then they had to get every small business in compliance to agree with evil tyranny and wickedness and to, to eat from the devil's hand. Take these loans so that you could survive a year. You know, by next year, you'll be fine. And look where we are now. All these countries locking down. United States talking about locking down, basically threatening the unvaccinated with a miserable winter <laughs> and death. Think about what, the, what they're about to do. They're about to pull the plug on these small businesses. Those loans won't be available very shortly. And these small businesses, especially the hospitality businesses, will go under. All the ones who complied with evil tyranny and wickedness. And even if they haven't complied, the goal is to take out all small businesses, to take out all money. It, like, like the author said in the video, it's order out of chaos. That's how they operate. And people have to understand that Okay, continue to be lazy, spiritually, intellectually, and physically. Think that your money is going to save you. Keep keep investing in stocks, in cryptocurrency. Put all of your money, all of your energy, all of your hard work into that, and then just watch once it collapses. I remember looking a couple of days ago a report of the Dow Jones down five hundred points. Think about when Omicron came on the scene, how the stock market had plummeted in many areas. And people don't see the correlation yet. People are too lazy to to connect the dots. This is this is crazy, people. Absolutely maddening. The choice is ultimately yours on whether you want to remain intellectually, physically, and spiritually lazy for the rest of your time on this earth the choice is yours on whether you want to continue to double down on your 
belief and your faith and your hope and your wishful thinking in government, in authority, in dominion and control and rulership over you. It is ultimately your choice. If you want to continue to disregard what your loved ones or friends or coworkers are warning you about, that's totally up to you. You can remain in the dark for whatever reason it may be. But at the end of the day, to die because of lack of knowledge and to die essentially because you were lazy is going to be a reality check that many people will not be able to bear. Because once they receive that reality check, it'll ultimately be too late. And their laziness is why they will end up in this situation. Their arrogance, their ego, their pride, their stubbornness, and their inaction and overall laziness is why we are in this position. Why many people are going to have to go through very dark times because of their laziness. And I implore each and every single one of us to not fall into that category. To put the time in, to prioritize what's important, and to look at life through the lens of righteousness, through the lens of justice and truth, and to be unafraid towards evil, tyranny, and wickedness. Because who is going to support our future generations if we don't? If we don't decide to stop being lazy, who's going to help them? The choice is ultimately yours. And I wish you all the best. Peace and blessings to all of the righteous men and women of the Most High. Peace and blessings to all of those who have been on their own narrow path of the righteous with the Most High. And to those who are beginning on their own narrow path of the righteous with the Most High. May the Most High continue to bless you, protect you, guide you, and provide you with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. May your life be fulfilled, and may you have peace of mind all of your days, along with your family lineage. All praises to the Most High. And the Most High only. Peace.